Welcome everybody to Me Time, a very special episode of Me Time. Well, I don't know. It's special to me. <laughs> I was thinking about this story and I decided to just share it because it was a true miracle. It happened around the time of Christmas, so we can call it a Christmas miracle. Maybe it was a New Year miracle. Maybe miracles are just happening all the time. Do you believe in miracles? I, I do. So anyway, I'm just sharing this little story that's very close to my heart and changed my life forever. And I hope that you enjoy. And I would also love to hear about these moments for you. We talk about on Me Time a lot, right? These moments of impact. And I also think that they're the moments that change us, but sometimes they're they're so joyous and almost unbelievably, so unbelievably beautiful and wild that you just, you know, it can't just be luck or a coincidence. Anyway, so this is one of mine and I can't wait to hear from all of you too. So in the theme of pet time, I wanted to tell a story about basically a, it's like a Christmas miracle that happened. It happened on New Year's Eve though, and it involves a doggy that changed my life forever. I'll start at the beginning, which was in October of 1990, I had I had had a dog. We had two dogs at the time. One of the dogs was very small. It was like this little kind of Yorkie named Millie. Her name was Millie because I had gotten her. She was a birthday gift. And when my dad went to pick her up and surprise me with her, he said he had to leave because he said he had to go get. We were out of old Milwaukee light. So he had to go pick up some old Milwaukee light and came back with a little basket that had a little pup in it. And I named her, we named her Millie for Milwaukee Light. And I didn't have Millie very long. She was very sweet. She slept in a little bed next to me, next to my bed when I was a little girl. And unfortunately, one day, not long, like a year and a couple months later, she, she passed away kind of suddenly from like a bad accident that happened. She was running with the other dogs. You know what? I'm not even going to tell. I'll just say this. It was horrible and quick, but it was completely devastating and for me and for the whole family, but for me in particular. And so cut to that month, I was auditioning for a play at our local dinner theater in Louisville, Kentucky, Derby Dinner Playhouse. And I, I went to this audition, having only done a play at that point, only done one musical. I'd done The Wizard of Oz. And I auditioned. I sang. And I think we had to like dance and maybe read a scene. I could sing. I couldn't do, I, I, was, I was a good dancer, but I, I don't think that that was as required for this role. <laughs> I just, you need to be able to sing. Acting was fairly new. I had done, a, you know, like I said, a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz, and that was about it. And I'm not sure how, but I got, I, I got the role of Ant with two other uh, girls at the time. Ashley and Brandy. We were triple cast. I always say like Ashley could like I was I was sort of the strongest singer, I think. And Ashley was the strongest actress. And Brandy was sort of just like a blend. And we were all so young. And there were so many performances that they had to have, you know, it had to be triple cast so that basically we could we could go to school and do all the other things we needed to do. And and we were kids. I started this like production and it was a very, it was Christmas time. It was the big Christmas play. They were the Christmas musical they were putting up that year. And I was terrible. I was absolutely 
terrible. I could sing, but I I think I was maybe overwhelmed. I just wasn't in like I wasn't really uh, an actress. <laughs> and we were assigned mentors, like adults. There were people in the cast who were there to sort of help us, the kids, and answer any questions and sort of guide us along. And mine was great. Her name was Melissa. I don't think she was thrilled that she had to be like a mentor to a kid on this production, but she was great with me. And and I learned a lot actually from her. And then Yule, this guy Yule Cornette was playing Daddy Warbucks and he basically took me. I don't know why. He definitely was not like a kid person. Like he was, he was, Yule was, was this larger than life. Like he'd gone to Broadway and he had done Camelot on Broadway and he was a local star. So we were all, I was very, very intimidated by him. And he was just a, a big presence. Like he was in, just a wonderful, big presence. And I'm not sure why we kind of struck up this like friendship, but I remember saying, I, I don't know how it really began other than him, I think one day just being like, can I give you a note? Can I just give you a note? Because, you know, basically you need it. And I remember like, sure. He gave me a note. He uh, gave me another note. He gave me another note and another note. And he started giving me notes kind of every single day. And I would take them. And I guess I was improving. So he kept giving me notes. I kept, you know, I wanted to learn and I kept taking them. And so we over over the course of our rehearsals and then to opening night, we had really developed a, a bond. And he kind of the whole like took me through this entire production where I feel like I learned, honestly, th this is where I feel like I learned the most in a concentrated period of time about uh, what I do and what I want to do. And I had, I had these great teachers and people who took their time with me and really changed my life, this entire show and time and production. And in particular, you all. Anyway, as we were uh, approaching actual Christmas, I think it opened around Thanksgiving, ran until the end of the year. There was in in the play, we had to use these bearded collies where um, the dogs we were using for Sandy. And I say dogs because there were a couple. Same thing, just like we were triple cast. The dogs kind of also had to be triple cast because, you know, they might be tired or didn't want to. And so I fell in love, of course, with this dog, these dogs. And very conveniently timed, there had been a litter born. Sandy had given birth to a bunch of collie puppies over like right before the show began. And so they were positioned to be ready for adoption at Christmas. And every single girl who was in, it felt this way. I know not every single girl in the, in the cast got a dog, but it felt like they, they did to me. Backstory on my family, we, especially for some reason at this Christmas, which I think is what made, you know, the whole, the play and just everything that much more special was we were really struggling just financially. It was a really, really dark, tough time. My mom got really sick. She had this like, like pleurisy, if I remember correctly, that's what it was. I think my dad had lost his jaw. It was just bad times. It was dark. But this was a bright spot. Annie was a bright spot. And of course, you know, having lost my dog right before, I wanted one of these puppies. But there was no way in, in hell that was going to happen. They were not cheap. And we didn't have one extra penny to spend that holiday season. This podcast is sponsored by Naked Wines. Did you know when you buy wine today, most of your money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? 
It's crazy. But that's where Naked Wine comes in. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price you'd normally pay in stores. How do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and everyday wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard to your door delivery at up to 60% off what you would pay in store. By cutting out the traditional retail middlemen costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on the quality. As a result, you'll get exclusive access to hundreds of top quality, award-winning wines at significant savings, making Naked Wines perfect for any type of wine drinker. I love Naked Wines. I do love this idea the like sort of direct to consumer from the winemaker themselves. Also, I just feel like it's a way to get to know these really interesting, newer, a little more uh, niche winemakers that you may not know otherwise. I just I love that they do that. I love discovering that. And the wines are so good. Oh, and I also think these are like great gifts. I ordered it as a gift for somebody. But I also just want to suggest that for the holidays because what a beautiful gift to give somebody. Anyway, Naked Wines has been around for 10 years and funds over 90 independent winemakers. Isn't that cool? With no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker. So you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. I love that too. So head to nakedwines.com slash me time and click enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and then enter me time for both the code and the password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. Did you hear that? $39.99 shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash me time and use the code and password me time and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time. That's nakedwines.com slash me time code and password me time for $100 off your first six bottles. Game changing. That's what Kitsch's biggest fans say about its time-saving beauty essentials for hair, skin, and body. Are you ready to change your beauty game? They say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. With a cult-like following, Kitsch has created game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases, so nice, to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices, morning, noon, and night. Started in 2010 by selling hair ties door-to-door, literally just hustle and a dream. How cool. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Maybe you've seen Kitsch's satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks great for your hair and skin while you sleep, or the heatless satin curling rollers, which I just tried. I'm in love with them. Say bye-bye to heat damage. But the latest Kitsch viral craze, rice water shampoo bars, which can improve your overall hair growth and density. Reviewers say they'll never use bottle shampoo again, and their hair feels and looks a thousand percent better between washes. Plus, right now, for a limited time, you can live the Barbie dream life with the Barbie by Kitsch collection, featuring Kitsch's best-selling satin pillowcases in iconic Barbie pink. What's crazy is I've had Kitsch products in my life for a while. A lot of their like hair ties, their their satin pillowcase, all of that I tried. And so I was so happy when they were sponsoring this episode because I'm, I'm already a huge fan. But the satin, the heatless satin rollers I just tried, they're insane. I was really skeptical and I'm such a believer and I love them so much. So right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash me time. That's right. 30 percent off anything and everything. Plus it's the holidays. They are the cutest thing. Like they would make the nicest gifts too. At mykitsch, K-I-T 
sch.com slash me time. One more time, mykitch.com slash me time for 30% off your order. So it wasn't going to happen. And I knew that. And that was okay. It was okay. But, you know, it was hard to watch. And having just lost Millie, it was a little, it was that much more painful to sort of, you know, not also have a puppy. And I know how much my mom really wanted to make that happen. My parents wanted to make that happen. But it was just not, it was just not possible. And I understood that. I really did. So anyway, cut to Christmas Eve. And my mom and I are in the Hardee's drive-thru. Hardee's was a fast food chain. I don't think it exists anymore, but in Kentucky, we were getting gift certificates for stocking stuffers. And I remember hearing on the radio that it was 12 degrees outside. It was so cold. While we were in the drive-thru, we heard a rustling in the dumpster and maybe like a whimper too. There was like a sound. And I said to my mom, like, did you hear that? And she heard it. And so I, we went to check it out and there was a dog that had been thrown into the dumpster. He was bleeding from his right eye. He was as sweet as can be, smelled god-awful. But we pulled him out, and my mom, just being the the dog and, and animal lover that she is too, was like, put him in the car, my God. We put him in the car, and we get to the window, the checkout window or the pickup window at the drive-thru, and we ask them, we're like, this dog was in your dumpster. Do you know this dog? And she said, oh, yeah, I actually do recognize this dog. He lives up the street. And we were like, do you know which house? And so, of course, we're like going door to door. Clearly, I mean, this is the sweetest little thing, like, you know, going door to door asking if this dog belongs to anybody, to which somebody finally says, oh, yeah, he kind of want he gets out a lot. He wanders the neighborhood, but he I think he lives in this yard, in this house like that's his yard. So we go and thinking we're doing the right thing. We knock on the door no one's home. He does seem to recognize the house. So we were like, this has to be his his home. And the neighbor was out at the time and said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure, you know, we'll we'll make sure he's okay. Whatever they said made my mom and I feel like, okay, he must live here anyway. But we both left with this feeling. I'm 10, by the way, at this point, and it's it's Christmas Eve. And my mom, we both talk about it on the way home about I'm like something doesn't feel right like that felt this feels really bad he was okay he was wagging his tail there was a little bit of like dried blood near his eye but there was seemed to be no issue there seemed to be no like cut or anything so we weren't really sure we didn't know what we were doing and at the time we we thought we were doing the the right thing by taking him to what we thought was his home anyway to make this very 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 long story short we get home we tell my family about it and all of us are like, we go back through the neighborhood that week, I remember, because all of us feel some, something feels off about the story. I'm begging my parents. I'm like, I, I, we need to go back. We need to make sure he's okay. So for like days, we go back into this neighborhood. We knock on the door of the house. We're like, look, we saw your dog. We thought, you know, and they're like, oh, it's not our dog. We just feed him sometimes, but he just kind of roams the neighborhood. And now I'm like, we got to get this dog. We got to get this dog. We got to find this dog. And they're like, yeah, he's around, you know, in, and you'll see him eventually. It's so cold outside. I am devastated at this point. I think my mom was too. My, we were just like, we have to make sure this dog is okay. So every single day between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we, have, we go back to the neighborhood and we just drive through the streets over and over and over again. We knock on the door. We go back to that house. They're like, no, we haven't seen him. Nobody's seen him. 
And I am just thinking all, all the worst things at this point. It's now New Year's Eve and also happens to be closing night of the play, which was a time that changed my life. Like in one of the darkest times I think we had gone through as a family, there was this bright spot of this play. There was something spirited to look forward to in the holiday season. And I had, I will say, I feel like grown in that time, having all of the help from the fellow actors. By the way, I cannot say enough about this theater in Louisville. Actually, it's in Indiana. It's right across the river. But I, I just went home uh, and I saw a musical there, The Buddy Holly Story, recently. And one of the actors, this guy, J.R. Stewart, who I just think is one of the most incredible humans anyway, he was in Annie with me in 1990. And he is one of the best. He's so talented. He can drop into any character. He's amazing. Anyway, he's also one of the ones I learned so much from. But Yule in particular, who has since passed away, I always say sort of became my like adopted, like my other dad, <laughs> like my dad too, because he was, he kind of played my dad in this play, but he also took me under his wing and sort of took on a role in my life in becoming an actress and in, in, in becoming a just a person that changed me forever. And I miss him and will always be grateful. He was a true angel to me for so many years. And I get emotional telling this story. Anyway, cut to New Year's Eve. The play is closing. I am devastated. I can't... <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do without this play and without this theater family. It was also my first experience, like if you have... Anybody who's done musical theater, anybody who's done theater knows this feeling. There is a family, there is a bond that develops throughout the rehearsals, the performances, the whatever, that you have with this group of people that you create something. You tell a story every single night and it is, there might be a lead and there might be a, you know, you might be in the chorus, you might be, what it doesn't matter. It is all a puzzle piece that creates this thing. So everybody has to work together. Everybody plays their part. It is a shared experience of telling a story and bringing and bringing that to other people as well. I, I, I'm not doing it justice. But anyway, I don't know that I've ever on a closing night not cried. But the night that this this play closed, I can literally drop into the memory of it right now. I cried so hard. Like I cried. I think the audience was like, is she okay? <laughs> like I was doing my bows and I was just sobbing. The whole cast was because it was just such an incredibly difficult time in it, it was a, it was a whole time. It was a whole thing. But anyway, the morning before that closing night, it was freezing rain outside to the point where like icicles were dripping off the, the gutters, all, that kind of cold. And I said to my mom and I said to my dad, like, I, we have to check one more time. And my dad said, OK. But this is it. If we don't see him this time, meaning the dog, I'm coming back to the dog now. If we don't see him during this time, this is the last time. Like, this is the last time we can we can go do this. I just knew I needed to find him. And I swear to God, we are driving down the street. I remember the rain hitting the windshield and the sound of it it was so it was so icy out and through the windshield and the the window where i could basically see anything i see this this ball of fluff sitting on the porch of that house 
And I'm like, oh my God, that's him. That's him. I know that's him. And he sees me and I run out of the car and he has icicles dri dripping off of his fur. Like that's, that's how cold it was. And I knock on the door of the house. Somebody answers and they're like, oh, look, he came back. I'm like, you knew he was here. You knew he was here and you were ignoring him. I didn't say that. I was very nice. And I said, he's coming with me now. <laughs> this dog is mine. And they were like, yeah, he's not ours. So he's just a stray who roams the neighborhood. And I picked up this, this stinky, icy dog. And I brought him home. He was wagging his tail. He could not stop kissing us. Gave him a nice warm bath and shower. Cleaned him up. We took him to the vet. It turns out he did. He had a shattered eye socket, which was a, they said either he was hit by a car or hit with a blunt instrument, one of the two, but he healed. Maybe had a little vision issue in that side. And I would say as far as, it might be a dog, but I think popcorn was one of the first like loves of my life, like great loves of my life. Like popcorn showed up a day I thought I would never get through. When all of the other girls in the cast were getting these these gorgeous puppies, and I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from that. They were just very expensive, but they were they were precious. But we couldn't afford that. And this stinky, mangy <laughs> weirdo came into my life, and and we were we were destined to to find each other. So I talk a lot on this, you know, during pet time, I've talked a lot about how they find you, like we find each other. I feel like souls find each other. I really do. People and dogs and animals and, you know, whatever it is. And, and Popcorn, I feel like, was a legit angel to me. I named him Popcorn because he was white and fluffy and could jump really high. I have no idea what he was. Uh, they just, I think they said a Cocker Spaniel poodle mix, but he was precious. And he was my best friend for seven years and went everywhere. Well, he went everywhere with us. He would sit, he also could jump really high. He would sit at, uh, we had this like bar in our kitchen and he would, he could jump up on the bar stools and he'd sit there and, and eat with us. And he was the funniest little thing, but I really do believe he was sent to me and he was sent to us at a very, very, I would say a difficult time, but as Annie was wrapping up this experience that changed my life forever, I think it changed my whole family's life, honestly, at least at that time. Anyway, popcorn showed up just at just the right time. So it was a Christmas miracle, I always say, or maybe it was a New Year's Eve miracle, let's call it that, but it was Christmas Eve that he showed up. And I'm so grateful to my parents for, I don't know, for my mom to have like, you know what? She like honored how I felt in that moment of like, we both were like, something doesn't feel right here about this dog and the situation. And to my dad, who I think very reluctantly, but was like, all right, this is the last day we're going to look for this dog. And Popcorn knew that. He knew it and he made it happen. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode if you did it was fun to share and emotional to share and I would love to hear from all of you so on Instagram we'll probably do a little something around miracles around this time of year because I also think that there's there is some magic in the air and uh, that's all so yeah popcorn changed my life Annie changed my life everything during that time changed my life anyway thank you for listening thank you for following along on this on this sweet little adventure 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.